Dennis Carter has been operating the Falcon Recording Studio on Southeast 15th Avenue for 35 years. He's recorded much of the musical history of Portland. We're in his studio because he has a client on the way over, and that's how our schedules fit. Like everyone in the music industry, including us, Dennis is looking for ways to keep the lights on. But when you sit here and think about the music that has been recorded here, it's almost like a living museum, but one that continues to add to the art not on, but in its walls, and which permeates the atmosphere in this room. Let's meet Dennis Carter. Dennis, we're usually in the Artichoke Music Cafe. <laughs> That's right. But we're not today, we're right here in, in your studio. And I appreciate you coming by. Falcon Recording Studios. And I'm glad you put that recording in there. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Anybody who tries to Google it is going to come up with some place in Memphis or somewhere. Well, yeah, there's the Falcon Recording is a is a gay site and oh, uh, gay, really? gay, gay, por <laughs> gay porn site. So <laughs> consequently, if you don't get that recording in there, people get directed to the wrong place. There so. are some people who are thanking you for that information, well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've been here a long time. Yeah, I've been here since uh, 1980 th in this location since yeah. 1986. Wow. Yeah. I started in, uh, in, a, in a house I bought in Multnomah on Falcon Street uh -huh. in 1981. Wow. Just a little basement studio. And then I got together with Dave Lohr, a good friend of mine, and we built this. So, Man. Yeah. It's been a long time. Long time. Well, how are things going in the middle of this tribulation? Well, Tom, it's you know it's been tough. I you know yeah. I, I won't lie to you. It's 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 been difficult for for me as a studio owner and and musicians. I you know I'm a musician too. As, yeah. As you you probably know, I play drums and uh, so when 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 COVID hit, boy, it was like uh, a full stop. Yeah. You know I, yeah. I some of my some of my regular clients, uh, the Pink Martinis, mm -hmm. uh, Curtis Salgado, mm -hmm. Terry Robb. Mm -hmm. Tours, boom, canceled. Right. And yeah. the Pink Martinis were actually starting, had started a record this year, a new record this year. Uh -huh. And boy, just the calendar, all of a sudden it's, it's empty and, and musicians are hurting. And, and they stopped recording? Uh, everyone stopped recording for wow. a while. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working uh, on a limited basis with a limited number of people now, you know, to maintain safe distances and mm -hmm. we were mass in the control room and such but uh yeah the, their project has stopped hopefully they'll you know they'll find find yeah. the time to come yeah. start coming back in but i was thinking today that that maybe um you know since this time has passed that it looks like there's not going to be any imminent return to, to concerts that the, the, the that that um uh cds and, and recordings are probably the only revenue stream that musicians have. Well, I mean, that's it's good to hear that. I, not not good. To I don't hear know if it's true. It's just that, what I thought. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think uh, I hate to say it, but I do think that live uh, live performance, at least until next year, or they can yeah. come up uh, with a vaccine and mm -hmm. treatment, is 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 done. It's certainly done this year. Yeah, yeah. And a lot yeah. of those bands, Pink Martinis, they tour all over the world and such. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that everything everything this year got canceled. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, let's and hope even this... local musicians, man, it's yeah. so tough because, of course, and club owners and, and, and people that work in clubs and waitresses and, yeah. you know, it's just yeah. hit, hit us, this whole industry. Oh, really yeah. Hard. We lost all of our advertising. We're, we're running a GoFundMe campaign right now. Oh, is that right? For our survival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I've thought about that. I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to come up with ways to keep the room open. Uh-huh. You know, I've been dabbling in live streaming and trying to learn how to do that, which has been <laughs> quite a challenge. <laughs> well, you know, I know you've had Lloyd Jones in here. I have. I've had. We started with Terry, uh, uh-huh. Terry Rob. Um, I've had um, uh, Ronnie Steen with Joe Millward, uh-huh. uh, Alyssa Swarey. We did Ronnie Steen with Joe, Mike mm-hmm. Winkle. I've had um, Terry a few times. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd Jones. I've done Mel Brown twice. Uh-huh. We're, I'm, I'm talking with, with Shane, uh, Curtis, Curtis Salgado's uh, manager, yeah, so uh, yeah. I can't say too much about dates or anything, but we're working on I know. On I'm, it. I'm waiting to hear from him about, an, about being on the podcast, too. If it was up to Curtis, he'd do it in a minute, because we boys had great fun doing, doing these things, oh, but sure. no, no, I'm going to wait. And Curtis, he's, he, he's an encyclopedia of yeah, blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a great, would be a great guy. Oh, we always have great fun on these podcasts. He's done, yeah. like a two or three of them, and it was time for a fourth, and he, he, he would say, hey, let's do it, and then the, then the management pulled him back, said, oh, we've got to wait for the record. Yeah, and, you or know, wait Shane, for Shane, Shane's looking after him, so, uh, yeah, but this, yeah. this particular, if, if we get all the, the T's crossed and the dot, I's dotted, we'll be uh, with Curtis and Allen. Mm-hmm. It'll be the duo, mm-hmm. which is a record I did, uh, <laughs> did for them. Uh, it was about a year and a half ago, so really great record. <laughs> How come my dog can't live longer? Most requested too. Absolutely. <laughs> we when when I posted a few things on Facebook and I, I you know I'll post post some pictures when I'm, when we're working on the record with Curtis mm-hmm. and Alan playing said we're working on this record and that was one of the first things people a lot of people started asking is that the dog doing going to be yeah. on the record? <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great that was a great record and a really fun yeah fun yeah. project to work. I've had on. Alan on the podcast too. And- what an interesting guy that guy is. Alan's a great musician and a yeah. great guitar player. And people have no people have no idea. People here have no idea. Well, they're learning. Well, no, I mean, yeah. about his classical background. He he, he does. He's, yeah. And he's got a he's has a really good musical mind. And he's never a, performed any classical music in Portland that I know of. I don't. You know, I don't. I'm not sure if I've heard Alan play classical. When he was in Boston, <laughs> he went to Berkeley and then graduated, yeah. and he stayed in Boston. Yeah. And what he did for a living was transcribe classical pieces for guitar. Oh, well, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, to guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because he's got a really great yeah. knowledge of the and instrument. And then he moved here and never performed any any any, any classical stuff. Well, Alan <laughs> likes to play the blues, too. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So um, when you first started out, what kind of stuff were you recording? Uh, well, when I first started in my house, you know, we're, I'm just yeah. kind of doing projects of myself and uh-huh. some bands with friends. I had a two-inch 16-track machine, huh? which I loved. I wish I still had that machine. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I, I bought a house over on Taylor's Ferry, and it, this huge house. And the real, a realtor friend of mine said, you got to go look at this house. And I went over there. The first thing I did was I went in the basement, looked at the basement. I wanted yeah. to see how big the basement was. And it was a 1,900-square-foot basement, <laughs> completely open. And I didn't even go upstairs. 
<laughs> and so I built a room there, and and I worked out of there. This was about 85 mm-hmm. for eight months, and while we were building this room. And in my basement, I actually did, <clears throat> I did Kular, uh-huh. Wayne Henderson produced. I did um, Meredith Brooks. I did huh. Lloyd-Jones, uh-huh. Lloyd-Jones Struggle. I did Calvin Walker Band. Bunch of bands there. Yeah, yeah. And then when we opened this room, I believe it was about 86. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the first projects we did at that time, David, uh, my, my, my good friend, Dave was engineering and, uh, helped me build the room, uh, was, uh, Michael Harrison, fourth Avenue. Ah, it was one of the first projects uh-huh. we did here. Uh-huh. So, you know, I just advertised and just, you know, who, whoever wanted to be recorded, we recorded, <laughs> you know, I mean, I had some engineers that were good at rock and we yeah. were doing jazz and rock and yeah. just, you know, you name it. It's ba- basically what are you what are you best at? You know, I enjoy doing uh, R&B stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, uh, I played I played drums with Soul Vaccination mm-hmm. um, for a couple of years and then I, I was subbing in the last few years for Edwin. Um, so I love doing that R&B funky stuff with mm-hmm. horns. I played in Calvin Walker's band. We had horns in, in that band in the 80s. So I love was doing... that when he was that when he was bare chested with a big fro. Calvin had a fro. He yeah, was I've got a record. I have an LP of his. The perfect crime. I guess I don't know what. what I forget what that, the name that it was. That record. But, yeah. we, I wasn't playing with Calvin at the time, but I, we recorded that record in my basement. Bruce Carter's right? playing drums. That's a great record. <laughs> and so I, I really enjoyed doing that stuff. Uh, you know, I went to I went to college in in high school. In college, I played big band, so I love jazz. I, uh-huh. I have a I have a really strong uh, uh-huh. roots in jazz. So I, I I like doing the jazz and R and B and the funk stuff, but mm-hmm. but I've done I've done a, a lot of things. You know I've I've attempted to do metal and I like doing country. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think yeah. that there's there I have some engineers that do th- those some of those styles better because they listen to that. Yeah. And they're living yeah. and breathing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so but I but I do like doing the R and B and jazz and of course the blues. Yeah. You know yeah. I've done been working with Curtis for 25 years. Yeah. Terry, I've done his last six or seven records. Mm-hmm. I did a record with Paul Delay. Which one? Paul Zilla. Oh. <laughs> and then and then Paul got in trouble and, and had to do some time. And, yeah. and um, I was with Paul actually the right before he went in. We were oh, just geez. finishing up pa- Paul Zilla. Oh, no. And he's standing in front of the console and, you know, he calls everyone Bubba. Right. All the guys he calls Bubba. Yes. And he looks at me and he goes, well, Bubba, I, I guess I'll see you in a couple of years. Wow. And, you know, we were work, frantically working to try and get the Paul Zilla done before he went in. And, and then when, uh, during the time he was in, um, um, Peter Dammon and, and Linda mm-hmm. and, and Louis Payne kind of got together and decided to do the, uh, the No Delay Band. Yes. Which was without Paul featuring Linda Hornbuckle. Right. And I co-produced that with with Lewis. That's uh-huh. a really really nice record too. With Linda. Two sessions I, I, they really stand out for me that I've that I've, I've I, that I attended in here. Oh yeah, which Two ones? Totally different sessions. One was um, uh, Linda Hornbuckle and Janice Scroggins. Oh, I did. Terry Robb produced that. Oh, I know. One of my favorite I records. I still play that on the radio. Oh, I'm I'm really glad that to hear yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. Um, that that was under a label that Terry had. That that's an incredible was record. It, Just the it? two of them. Was, that wasn't Muddy Vishnu, was it? No, it was. Uh, 
I forget. I forgot what Terry's Psyched, label was. Psychedelta, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Psychedelta. Yeah. So, yeah, records. Yeah, <laughs> it, that was an incredible record, and they, they really, played live. It was done, really. It was done live. I think wow. Linda, in that whole record, if my memory serves me, maybe only fixed a couple of lines, uh-huh. and the rest of it was just them playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and then boy, that one that one solo piece by Janice was incredible. just so beautiful. I think one of my favorite tunes on that record was um, it was a, a tune that was in the, that movie, The Color Purple. Oh, right, right. And that, called Sista. Yeah, and that's what was the name of the album. That's the name of the record. Yeah, and I I think Quincy Jones actually wrote that tune that for right? the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite tunes on that record. And the other session that I remember was Chuck Israel's. Mm-hmm. And the session seemed to be run by Rob Sheps. Rob Sheps, big band, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, and those were all of Chuck's tunes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so you were you were poking around in here then? Oh yeah. I was. I'm, you know, when yeah. I do those big bands, it's so much work that I'm. Yeah. I'm just yeah. focused yeah. on yeah. what I'm doing. But well, yeah. talk about two personalities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into that too much. But, Sheps. But, oh my God. Um, the, Chuck's arranging is just really great. Well, yeah. Yeah. His yeah. the arrangements yeah. on those tunes are fabulous. So. <laughs> And it was it was a pleasure working with all those guys. I, I sent a reporter around to interview Chuck one time. He came back and said, "We're not using this." <laughs> well, Chuck, you know, he comes from the old school, so he's he's got his opinions. You know, just, no, it was worse than that. <laughs> he he hadn't been here that long, and he, all he did was like criticize local players. I mean, hey, what a great way to ingratiate yourself in the scene, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, and then Rob. I've done I've done a bunch of projects with Rob. Yeah, a couple of big bands. I, I forget who it was. Somebody once said, and this was years ago because I think it doesn't apply anymore. Uh, is that uh, no matter where you are, somewhere someone is telling a Rob Shep story. <laughs> I've got a few of them. <laughs> yeah, everybody does. But I can does. tell you that when uh, after working with Rob for a while, and Rob, if you're listening, you you probably know. That he, you know, I had a I had a Neumann U uh, sixty seven or an eighty seven on his sax, uh-huh. I think, on one of the sessions, the first session, and Rob tends to just jump up out of his chair real quick and he'll start talking or you yeah. know, yeah. and he knocked the mic over, oh, and and then he almost knocked it over again. So whenever after that, whenever Rob would come in the studio, no matter what it was, yeah. the big band, I'd get duct tape out. And I would tape, I would tape the stand to the floor, <laughs> so to make sure that I didn't, he didn't knock over the microphone. <laughs> so incredible player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you working on now? <clears throat> right now, what am I doing? I'm, uh, I'm working with a J.T. Kalsman, um, and we we recorded some drum tracks and bass tracks here uh, this last Sunday, and it's an interesting project because it's bass. And drums, and then um, he has three horns and three strings playing the melodies, and, uh-huh. and there's no chord instruments. Huh. Um, and we're scheduled to do because I'm trying to keep things safe here. I'm trying to limit sessions to three or four people out in this big room. Yeah, yeah. And then in the control room, we we have to wear masks and stuff. And then we did his band called Lazarus last weekend, which was actually um, uh, a trio. And we did uh, we recorded the band all weekend, kind of progressive rock. 
And we did a live stream on Saturday night to mm-hmm. uh, a company that he's forming, and don't ask me the name because I can't remember, yeah. uh, in, in New York. So we broadcast from here, and then I linked up with him in, in New York. Nice. You know. Nice. Um, I'm working with a couple of singer-songwriters, Andrew Durkin, which is a really great project. Andrew Durkin is a, when, when did what, When did Andrew Durkin become a singer-songwriter? <laughs> what have you heard of his? His 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 large a huge group he used to have and yeah industrial industrial yes you know what this is I'll, I'll tell you real briefly when I first met Andrew which is quite a few years ago we did yeah. that project which is kind of a jazz meets Frank Zappa exactly time stuff exactly three horns really great writing uh-huh. and then and um, funny. Andrew's a great guy. He's, you know, he's he works for a publishing company. He's an he, yeah. He's an editor. So thing, the thing about Andrew is, his music is funny. He's not funny. He's, Andrew has a serious tone to him. Yes. Yeah, but I've gotten to know him. He's a really great guy. And uh, then he did um, arranged uh, uh, ten t- tunes for uh, this uh, sax quartet. The quadraphones. the quadraphones. We have been waiting for that album for. Years well, and years Andrew and years. Well, hopefully Andrew and Michelle and them are listening because we, we should try and get it out. Because they I know. believe it's just about done. They, the quads all know. I mean, it's almost a joke now. Every time I see, every time I see <laughs> Andrew, Mary Sue or, or Chelsea or, or any of them, I, I go, hey, is, the way, is that coming? You know, I, I thought a year or so ago, almost two years ago, they were, they were talking yeah, about releasing it. It's been about three years, it. but I think we, pretty, we got the mixes pretty much done. I'm trying to think if I've mastered that yet. I think I may have mastered it. But I'll tell you, then all of a sudden, a year and a half ago, Andrew comes to me with these tunes. They're they're these like pop tunes, kind of like (laughs) 80s uh, Eagles-ish type tunes. Really? Just, and I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, the guy (laughs) is so prolific. Really great songs. Wow. I recorded that record uh, last year, and then he uh, has friends on the East Coast, so we Mm -hmm. record rhythm tracks. I send him the tracks to the East Coast, and he has two guitar player friends and a girl that sings on them. Then mm-hmm. they send them back, and then we mix. And I, I'm starting another CD of the same stuff with him now. Because well, is, we, the first, is the first singer-songwriter CD going to be released? I believe it's done. And, and you know what, Tom? I'll, I'll get a hold of Andrew and see if we can get you a copy of it. I mean, he would love that. You really need to hear this record. I I have seen. It'll blow you away because it's it's it's. You wouldn't even expect after hearing the other stuff he does. The times I have seen the quadraphones and whatever ensembles he's put together play his music. Yeah, it is so strenuous. It is so dense. It is so difficult. It seems to play. However, when they're done. All the musicians have a smile on their face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very strange thing. I saw him one time uh, at the Portland, there was a Portland Jazz Composers Ensemble concert years mm-hmm. and years ago, right? And mm-hmm. it was, he was there to conduct one of his pieces, right? Yeah. And <laughs> one of his directions was, you know how in big bands, when a, when like the the trumpet section has a has a has a, a, a passage, the yeah. whole section will get up and play, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and the other, he got the sections up at random, having nothing to do with what they were playing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. 
but uh, Durkin's, uh, he's, he's a special guy. He's a talented cat. And I'm, yeah. I'm, we've started another record because of COVID where I'm actually playing drums on this record. Ah. So he scratches out some guitar and vocal, uh-huh. and then he sends it over to me. And then I have a studio at my house, or actually a really nice room at my house. And uh, I play drums, and then I send it back, and then we, we, we have bass players. I had Albert Reed to play, and we guys <laughs> play bass, and then it's going to go to the East Coast. So it's kind of this wow. COVID-produced <laughs> wow. record. Jeez. You know, Tom, I'll get you, i got to get you some of this stuff. Yeah. And I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to email. When we're done, I'm going to email Dirk, or call tell, Andrew. Tell, 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 tell Dirk and I said hello. <laughs> I will, and I'm going to have tell him, him send to get you the goddamn stuff. quadrophones record out. <laughs> you, hear, you listening there, Andrew? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, no, I was the first one to write anything about the quadrophones. Is that right? Oh, yeah. That's good. You, Ten years ago? No, more than that. No, more than that, because I was still at the Oregonian. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 12 years ago. They've been around. Yeah, well, we recorded the, actually recorded the record here. Here, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we we mixed and edited back at my home studio uh-huh. over in Southwest. So did you start with drums? I, I've always been kind of a drummer. Yeah, I mean, I play mm-hmm. a little bit of guitar and some yeah. piano and stuff because yeah. music is kind of runs in my family, my uh-huh. My dad's uh, mom um, was a piano player. She was a musician. Huh. And she played back in the 30s, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that jump style stuff. And then dad was a drummer when he was 15, 16, and he used to play drums with her at gigs and stuff. So dad was a drummer. Everybody in the family played piano. Huh. He had 12 brothers and sisters. Oh, my God. Um, and of course, I lost my my pops a few years ago, and uh, and I just lost my one of my favorite uncles to COVID. Actually, uh, my dad's brother here. No, I'm sorry, but so drums is something that's kind of in my blood. Yeah, I started when I was about ten or eleven. Huh. Yeah. Who was your Who was your first drum drummer hero? Well, I think Ringo Starr. Really? <laughs> yeah, <Think so>? actually, <laughs> Ringo's an incredible drummer. Really. Yeah, I mean, he's just got... I don't think it's a popular opinion, but... (laughs) He's got... I mean, he's not a technical player, but he's just got that stuff, that feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Ringo's. But when I was young, even before I started playing drums, you know, I was... We were listening to the Beatles, but I had... We had so much music around the house. I was brought up because of of Dad listening to Fats Domino, Uh Louis Armstrong, you know, Harry James, the big band stuff. Dad always had that stuff around. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, it, we were, I was listening to that. And then, of course, you go to school, and I was listening to Chicago and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Just a, anything I could get my hands on. Yeah. Nothing yeah. in particular, just stylistically everything. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, what about, uh, what, when did you first dive into R&B and, and funk and soul? Um, well, I, I think I was, I, Probably some of the the funky stuff I was listening to, of course, James Brown back yeah. then. But but yeah. um, Tower of Power. Oh yeah. I was in high school. Was in really into yeah. Tower of Power, and we yeah. had a we had a band called Movement because we were really political then. Uh-huh. And we had three horns, and we're doing Chicago tunes. You know, uh-huh. it better end soon. And uh-huh. and we're doing ta- we're doing Tower of Power tunes yeah, and yeah. a lot a lot of that stuff. So that's kind of where I started, I think. Uh-huh. And and I was of course playing big band in in high school. <laughs> Which of James Brown's drummers was your favorite? Oh, his first drummer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you in this band movement too. Um, we 
we were into, you know, this was during the war. Yeah. Nixon and stuff. And we played, there was a mock Democratic convention for the whole state <laughs> in the Coliseum. Uh-huh. Uh, high schools from all over the state came and they, you know, put on a national convention. Yeah. And we played at it. Did you? And we're doing all these tunes, <laughs> and ending the war tunes, and, <laughs> and then I and then I went on to to go to Portland State for a little bit. Uh -huh. um, Thera uh, Memory had the band then. Is that right? At, uh, for a year, the stage band. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was some. It was actually a very good band. Uh, Richard Burdell was in it. I mm -hmm. don't. You know, I don't know if you remember Richard. Mm -hmm. um, and. And I stayed there for about a year and then decided that uh, it wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And I, I quit and just started playing gigs and mm. going on the road and stuff. Mm. So, well, What do you think the biggest hit you had out uh, 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 of Falcon? Boy, I don't know if we've had any big, big hits, but certainly a lot of the stuff that Curtis has done. Yeah. And, and, and Terry's Terry stuff gets so much attention now. Uh -huh. Terry Robb's stuff gets, uh -huh. gets a lot of attention. But as far as hits, I don't know. I've worked with a, a, a lot of great players. Bernard Purdy. Uh, Bernard um, used to come through here a lot. Um, I miss that. Matter of fact, I just I said too. that on my radio show the other day. <laughs> How much we miss? Like I played an old tune of his. And, and I, was just, I was just thinking, man, you know. Well, and he used to come through town a lot. There was a, a lady that, that yeah. he was um, was going out with who yeah. then tigered also. And so he was coming through quite a bit. And then when Bernard would come through, I think one of the first projects I did with him was with Jay Bird Coder, a good friend of mine, Jay and, uh -huh. and Lewis Payne. Uh -huh. um, and and then um, when he'd come through town, I would let B Bernard use the studio and he'd teach, uh -huh. come in and teach. Uh -huh. But um, I did talk to him last month. I, we were doing a Mel Brown stream. Uh -huh. Mel's band was here and it was it happened to be Bernard's birthday. He was in Jersey. So I called him and wished him happy birthday. And then everybody, you know, hey, happy birthday. And they <laughs> mentioned him. But So how many pieces did Mel have? Uh, this was the uh, the organ band. So um, it was Lewis uh, on organ, Renato, uh -huh. Dan Balmer, uh -huh. and Mel. Nice. Yeah. And we, nice. all, we did one just a couple of weeks ago that, that Stoller uh, Family Estates um, uh -huh. helped us put on, which we're really grateful for. But, but you know, you can watch th those um, on uh, my YouTube channel yeah. if you want to see some of those live streams. Yeah, yeah. yeah Falcon Recording Studios. Recording Studios. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see some of that stuff, it's great stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the same, same with us. We, we do a live stream on Sunday nights. From, from six to six thirty on our Facebook page. Oh, okay. Where do you yeah. stream from? Or their house? Okay. Wherever yeah. they are. Boy, live streaming for me. Wow, what a challenge. Well, you know, I, you have to, I, I have to go into it, hoping for good audio, not expecting good audio. I I was didn't have as much of a problem with the audio because that's what I do. Although one stream I did have a little bit of. No, problem you wouldn't. With. But you know. But it's the video. My goodness. I oh, mean, I'm yeah, an audio guy, yeah, and yeah. and I started out with Terry. Right. And I had one. I had a GoPro sitting out here in the room and uh -huh. using OBS and one camera, and uh -huh. it came off great. And then I decided, well, I'm gonna up the game a little, and uh -oh. I bought a four camera switcher so I could change shots. And wow. oh my goodness, I I paid I paid the dues learning how to do that <laughs> because like the audio would be out of sync with the video. Oh no, you know. 
audio processes faster than video. Yeah. So so yeah. you have to delay the audio to wait oh, for the video. <laughs> wow. And I think I've kind of finally figured it out, but unfortunately, at the, at the expense of a couple of um, streams where the audio didn't match up and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, I guess probably one of the best we've had was Martin Zarzar. Mm. He had a, he had really he had uh, really good mics and and the, the video was good and oh, good. of course he looked good. Where can I watch that, Tom? <laughs> on on the Oregon Music News Facebook page. Oh, okay, all yeah. right, good. Yeah, and we just did one this this weekend with uh, uh, Arietta Ward. Uh huh. How'd with, that go? With, it was it was fine. The the video wasn't so hot. Yeah. But it was uh, Michael Elson and uh, Brian Foxworth and uh, uh, and Arietta and I and Jimmy Russell. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was nice in her backyard. Uh huh. Yeah, I just I just talked with Brian a, a few days ago. Yeah, um, you know everybody, we're just everyone, we're all trying to figure out how to at least keep the music going and yeah, and stay safe. So right, and stay in business. Stay in business. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now I'm doing Terry again. Um, uh, David Lichen is um, kind of producing and putting this one on. Really, um, I believe uh, I don't have my. It's it's uh, two weeks. I can't, I can't remember if the 17th or 18th, um, and we'll be doing that from here, and we'll be uh -huh. going to Instagram. <laughs> this will be a first, but yeah. we're going to go to YouTube, the uh, Terry Rob YouTube page, the Terry Rob Facebook page, and Instagram simultaneously. Wow. Yeah, so. Nice. Um, nice, nice. That's David Ro from Roseland. Yeah, David David Lichen from yeah. Roseland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of doing the promotion and such. Well, good. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that so that one that will be all all the Terry's stuff is always really goes really well. Well, sure, sure, sure. It's funny. I, first time I did a, a piece on on Terry, he was working out of, of Dead Anthelmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Mike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I've done probably his last six or seven records. Yeah. Um, Terry. Yeah. And yeah. we've I've known Terry since the eighties. Is that right? I actually played with Terry a bit back in the '80s, kind of during my Calvin Walker time. <laughs> so we, Terry and I, are good friends. He's one of my, actually one of my best friends, and um, you know, I I think that I probably learned more about recording guitars working with Terry uh -huh. than anyone I've worked with, especially huh. acoustic guitars, because uh -huh. he's he has so much knowledge and he's done so much recording. Yeah. Of course, all, all the Don, he did, worked with Fahey, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, all, and he just knows what he wants. Uh -huh. And we've experimented with different mics and different pre's, and we've got a setup that works really good. And, you know, he tells me, well, I want to record my electric like this. And sometimes... He he let the joke is if, Ter, if Terry's listening that he he I experiment on his sessions and he lets me do this <laughs> and sometimes I'll try something and if it doesn't work he's like no that's not working you know? so after all this time what kind of experimenting do you have to do you know a lot of, you know, we're always trying to push the boundaries a little bit as uh -huh. engineers and and players too so so the experimenting comes more in well let's try a different microphone or let's put uh -huh. a mic over here or. Uh -huh. or you know, position it differently because just just where the microphone's sitting on an instrument's going to change if you move it. That changes the sound. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was a, I think there was a couple records or one record where we actually I used two, two mics in stereo with an XY or something, and then uh -huh. I had a bat room back in the a room mic back here and a bunch of mics and the <laughs> DI and and I think we've kind of come back to the basics now. 
Really? Where we, I just used a couple of Klaus Heine's C414s and, and some nice mic pre's, and that's the sound. Uh-huh. But with Terry, too, his, his guitar sounds so great. He's, he's, his, his, he plays Martin, and yeah. so, I mean, you could almost put a 50, SM57 up there and it would sound good. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, how, have you done, I, I saw some stuff on your website about you had done some upgrading just before the virus hit? We we have we uh, my I have a partner now Mark Cater who's uh -huh. who's uh, also a tech and and he's he's built some custom um, mixers. We've kind of gotten away from the big console, the uh -huh. huge console thing. Although because I I come from the old school stuff, I I still cling to analog. I still like the analog sound. Uh -huh. So Mark's built some custom analog uh, summing mixers. We've changed the desk, and when we're done, I'll show you the room, Tom. Uh -huh. And because we live in a digital age now, right? And a lot of a lot of my a couple of my engineers just do everything in the box. They record with right. microphones and mic priests, but right. they do all their work in the box. So yeah. we've, we're kind of offering a both bo both ways. Huh. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Congratulations for for hanging in there. Well, I'm trying, Tom, and I'm trying to keep everybody going. It's it's tough, you know. It sure is. <laughs> if, you know, uh, we appreciate the support because when we do our live streams, it's it's donation. We ask for donations, but we don't charge. So yeah, you know, yeah, we appreciate whatever people are doing to try and help yeah. us all stay stay yeah. going. Man. I understand. Yeah, we'll find out in the next few weeks whether we're going to survive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, because the thing is, you know, uh, uh, there are various revenue streams for musicians and yes, but there's none for music journalism. None. Oh yeah. You know, I hadn't even thought about oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had advertisers, and then they all went away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, I've, I've I've tried to get some of the grants and stuff, but there, there's there's so many of us out there that are trying to get them. Right. And, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> now, what are you gonna do? All right. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Congratulations. You got a. I know you have a session coming in. I do. Yeah. And, but uh, well, I, I, I want to get out of your way. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having me, Tom. Sure. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Thank you.